You're listening to Brick City Blockade Chat Sessions. Cut the gun, all right, too. All right, fine, Jeez. Here's John Bishop and your host, Robin Ho. Hey, guys. What's going on? Welcome back to, of course, Brick City Blockade Chat Sessions, your favorite podcast. Every Sunday here, you may listen to it on a Monday or a Tuesday morning, whatever my political schedule and work schedule allows me to get this thing out there. But luckily... I've got my good friend who always checks in on me to make sure that I'm still alive, and that sometimes I question whether I am half the time. Uh, it's my good friend, Mr. John Bishop himself. John, happy Sunday, my friend, and I'm telling you, it, it's getting to be, like, perfect weather outside, finally. Oh, my gosh. Uh, we were outside today, um, had uh, some socially conscious social distancing visits with uh, a few people around the neighborhood. And it's been great to see everybody and uh, good to get outside. I actually had some successes in the yard this week, so uh, yeah. I don't feel like a failure. No, it, it was it was really cool. I did a very similar thing. Um, finally got out this weekend. We went up north, the family, um, and we uh, went up the Kankamangas Highway. Um, we went right up to 2,800 feet. You know, there's probably many listeners that are like, I live in the flatlands. What is that like? Uh, you're up there, and uh, the air is pure. Uh, so it, it's, it was a nice break for a little bit, and I hope everybody out there finds time just to get outside, get some fresh air, um, socially distance, do what's right. Um, but definitely, it, it's, it's good for our well-being, John, is what I'll say when it comes to those things. Yeah, you know, and uh, just having the ability to, I, I, you know, I, when I was in Northern Ireland with the, with the Bruins, uh, we were driving around, and I everybody was looking out the window and saying how green it was and everything. And I, I kind of said to myself, you know, as pretty as it was, I <laughs> believe that new England can go blow for blow punch for punch with any place on the planet in terms of the beauty. And generally you have to drive about an hour to get to it. So it's true. Um, I, uh, you know, I know exactly where you were and how you felt when you were up there. And uh, my family and I make a pretty annual trick to, Storyland and uh, Clark's Trading Post and all that wonderful junk up there. We love it. We have a good time. It's 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 a staple. So uh, yeah, you know, I also love the idea that there's some UFO visits uh, that are documented up there. That always makes me laugh. There's one one package store uh, outside of Conway, I think it is, where mm. um, you know aliens were supposed to have visited not too far from there. So I always think that that's that's funny. Anyway, yeah. Speaking of aliens. <laughs> speaking, speaking of aliens, for sure. <laughs> but, uh, no, listen, let's get into a body of chat right here. And let me tell you, you told me about this one subject, this one film, and I was like, man, you know what? Let's do it. Let's talk about it, because we're waiting in patience for some other stuff coming around the corner. But there's nothing like a good conversation about the man with the whip himself. Mr. Indiana Jones. Now, John, I have an interesting backstory about when I was first introduced to Indiana Jones and how my love for that film series and in general franchise itself it kind of grew. But I'm curious to hear you uh, in your story when it comes to Indiana Jones in particular. Well, um, I saw Raiders of the Lost Ark uh, approximately the year after it was released um, as a five or six year old mm. in the in the all-purpose room of saint bernard's church school um oh. after my 
our school, which was um, K through eight, had won some sort of competition because we sold the most candy. Oh, and awesome. and uh, they rewarded us with uh, a real movie in the all-purpose room. Now, none of us had known what the heck that was. I'm certain that the nuns had no idea what was coming. But suddenly, on our screen, we had Alfred Molina screaming with a pike impaled to his head. <laughs> and I, I just I remember saying to myself, I don't know if I should be watching this, but this is pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, my journey with Indiana Jones uh, went from there forward. I, I, I enjoy uh, every single one of the movies. I, I would say that I actually enjoyed um, the, uh, the Crystal Skull more yeah. than most people. I actually I think I saw it eight times. I, I just was wow. so pleased to be back with Indy in an adventure with um, – so much stuff going down and it had it was reminiscent i thought of several of the other movies and i loved the interplay and the funness of the family being back together and all that stuff and i'm certain that half of our viewership or listenership just shut the podcast <laughs> off but i'm not gonna hate on indie you know what indie is indie is indie so, yes uh, I, I i was pretty pleased with it but uh raiders remains my favorite um yeah. and that's kind of why i love so many things at Hollywood Studios. You can go and see the the Indiana Jones Stunt Spectacular. And then yeah, if you want, you can head over to Jock Lindsay's Hangar Bar, both of which have their roots deeply in Raiders of the Lost Ark. And I'm, I'm really thrilled that all of that stuff still exists. Yeah. No, and I'm, I'm going to come back to you about a little bit of the, the, the parks element when it comes to Indiana Jones, too, because I'm really fascinated in the background in a lot of that. But speaking of parks in particular... Uh, it was actually in the late 90s um, when Bush Gardens in Sarasota, Florida uh, used to run their In the Park series of films. Um, and I was living in Sarasota for two or three years between the years of 1996 and 1999. And, uh, you know, that was, that was quite a time for myself, you know, living in New England for, for, for the beginning of my life and then living in Florida, totally different kind of climate and whatever else. Um, it was a big change up, but I remember my parents taking me, we, we had annual passes to Bush Gardens. Um, it, it was a family staple. Um, and then they started doing this movie in the park series and one Friday night we went, did all the rides, saw the animals, everything. And we plopped down in the middle of the, um, amphitheater area that they had put up, um, in, in Bush Gardens and, I didn't know what film was showing at all. I was so young. Um, and I can still remember it, and I'm picturing it in my head even to this day, the Raiders of the Lost Ark um, wording coming up on the screen. And uh, I I'm telling you, that was my first experience with Indiana Jones. And it was, it was really cool because when you're at Busch Gardens, you have, you, know, you have tigers, you have all these animals around you. Um, so many different rides have like cave elements to it. So you have that, and then you have Indiana Jones to end the night. Um, so, and then fireworks even after that, which was fantastic. Um, but for me, that moment, that entire day that it encompassed, that hot, that, you know what it's like down there. Oh my gosh, yes. That hot summer afternoon where it's in the 90s. I'm a young kid in a little push cart, and my parents are pushing me around. And, uh, 
it, there was nothing like it, man. And I remember just being in awe, and that being my first time ever seeing Indiana Jones. Um, it, it was quite spectacular. Yeah, he, uh, and then I, I caught some of um, young Indiana Jones. I think it was on right after or right before I was in high school. And I really loved um, all of the historical aspects of it. And, you know, I collected some of the comic books and I, you know, if there's anything that rivals my love of star Wars, it's Indiana Jones. And the, um, the idea that Harrison Ford loves to play Indiana Jones and loathes to play Mm. Han Solo just is always so intriguing to me as is the number of crossover elements that have ended up, um, I think in both movies, both sets of movies, where you know you have Club Obi Wan in Temple of Doom. Um, Apparently, Kathleen Kennedy is one of the dancers in 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 the nightclub scene. Um, You know the the droids are on the wall in the um, in the in the uh, temple uh, for Raiders. There's so many little things like that that just you know jump out at you. But it, I think it's the love of history. And having not a Forrest Gump kind of walkthrough of history, but somebody who was in the middle of it, actively participating, and then that supernatural element. Um, and as somebody who grew up, you know, you know, you know, going to Catholic school, the idea that you know God would come down and smote um, mm. these evil people, uh, I think, was sort of reassuring to my you know six-year-old mind. Right. That, uh, you know, these Nazis, they were bad guys and they were going to do something wrong and, and God didn't let anything happen to them. So I yeah, think that's yeah. also one of the reasons why the um, the last vi- the last movie didn't hit as hard with people. Because, you know, here Lucas and Spielberg are trying to keep up with their pop, pop psychology, pop history um, sort of, you know, serial nature of Indy doing crazy things and, you know, being blown up and surviving in a fridge. Um, but then what I think t- you know, took a lot of people out of the out of the loop there was that it had no sort of biblical overtones. You know, it wasn't the Holy Grail. It wasn't the Ark of the Covenant. And the Shankara Stones, I think, you know, was pr- that was to me one of the more I didn't. I didn't love the MacGuffin in that movie, but sure. I I understood it um, in in so far as it was a really poor representation of an Asian culture. But that those representations at that time were really sort of around. So the monkey brains and the, you know the the bats and all those things. You know, you know, uh, as a kid living in the eighties. Those things were so foreign to me, and we didn't have the internet. So, you know, India and Southeast Asia, all these places seemed so foreign that, you know, you didn't know any better. But um, as far as, you know, the Last Crusade, Raiders, and and, uh, eventually um, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, those things seem much more familiar to me, I think. And that's, you know, that's sort of why I like those three a little bit better than I think Temple. Yeah, no, I love that you brought up the history point because I've been a history buff my entire life. And I think that, you know, (laughs) number one, being a professor, you know, himself and um, having that passion for for what the world offers in terms of not just its past, but protecting its past. um, That aspect of Indiana Jones always resided in me very well. Um, I, I just always connected to the character based on that. Um, 
I, I could always, you know, <laughs> this I, this belongs in a museum. That 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 just that line alone is like, okay, I, yeah, it does. It does not belong anywhere else in this world. And and there's so many. And John, this is the one thing I've always loved about Indiana Jones on a larger scale is that the message that it sends. It's kind of like Star Wars in that sense. You know, there's good and bad. Um, there's so much other things that happen in this world that we have to learn to adjust to. We have to learn to accept. Um, there, th- there are blatant lies that, that we have to call out. Um, there, there are so many different things in, that this world offers to us. And it comes back down to simply what is good and what is bad. And what can you do to try to preserve the good that does exist and preserve our history. And yeah. that message yeah. alone is crucial. And every time I've had students ask me, you know, oh, Mr. Vogt, you know, we know you love Star Wars so much. You know, what's another movie that, you know, that, you know, that you kind of go to? I'm like, Indiana Jones. Yeah. Any of them, actually, really. Yeah. Yeah. Any any of them. Like, you just sit down, watch it through, because if you you start with Star Wars and you follow up with Indiana Jones, man, you you get a pretty damn good sense of, okay, I'm starting to figure out what this world is really all about here and the things that I need to be focused on to really make this place much better. You know, there are very simple elements in there that can lead you down that path. Well, and there's uh, even even with some of the the stuff that's you know left over from some of the misogynist um, things that you know Lucas and Spielberg and even myself grew up with. There's moments in each of the movies where the importance of culture, the importance yes. of family. You know, there's one point where um, the senior professor Jones slaps Indy and says, "That's for blasphemy," because Indy took the Lord's name in vain. You know, and um, and and Indy was missing the connection between what they were doing, which was you know Indy trying to find the gold chalice that he believes is the you know the the Holy Grail, right? And the fathers, you know, understanding that they themselves have become holy pilgrims on the road trying to stop evil. Um, there's a there's another moment um, in Temple where uh, Willie Scott the um, the singer won't eat the food that is being presented to them by the villagers. And Indy looks at her and says, this is more food than some of these people will eat in a week. You're embarrassing me. Eat the food. And, you know, there's, it's a very forced point, but it stuck with me as did, you know, you know, my, my grandfather fought in world war two. So I, I understood what, yeah the Nazis were but on the flip side you know that totalitarian um you know the the agent taught going in and he's about to burn marion to get information you know for a six-year-old that really kind of brought it down to brass tacks for me that these guys are really nasty you know in a way that I, it never left me. So, you know, when, you know, in the current epoch, when we see people who are leaning very hard to the right in certain ways and, um, you know, carrying uh, guns into places of uh, government, I, I hearken back to those things that I learned at that age. And, And that's why, you know, I will be pushing hard for the boys to watch Indiana Jones. And then there's also some personal things, you know, for instance, um, 
in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, they mm-hmm. they work hard to get some of the 1950s in there, and there's music and and places and things that I shared with my family. You know, uh, there's a diner scene. Well, that diner happens to be in uh, located in um, where Yale is in New Haven. Yeah, you can go to that neighborhood. I don't think that there's an actual diner there, but there you can go to that neighborhood. And so all of those scenes are actually filmed at Yale. And so there's, you know, to me, that's pretty cool, you know, and, and yeah. on top of that, you know, we live near, you know, the MFA and so many places where you can actually go and see some of these artifacts. I know that, you know, watching Indiana Jones for me over the years has led me to read up on so many of these different cultures. And I even took archaeology classes at Boston U just because of Indiana Jones. Now that may seem sound stupid, but that is, that opened my world up in a really, really definitive way when I was very, very formidable. So I, I have a great deal of respect and, and thanks for Spielberg and, and George um, for creating these films that, you know, speak to right and wrong, speak to history and speak to, you know, what's, important in life you know family friends you know and 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 i think i think that's important yeah it's extremely important i love that i love that and i never knew that about you that you took an archaeology class at bu because Mm -hmm. that is that is the root john of and i think there are countless stories out there of individuals that you know maybe watched star wars and then enlisted in the air force because they were they watched wedge i've seen so many different stories they watched luke skywalker battle the death star and they said you know what i i want that x-wing feeling i want i want to know that i can fulfill a purpose in that way there's so many different aspects that that films and just to simplify it that they they you you take cer- certain elements of the way that people live and the way that people contribute to society and you make those connections, and then they reside with you for so long that things like that happen. You take an archaeology class at BU because Indiana Jones is deep down inside of you saying, you know, I preserve this. You know, it, it's, a, it's a convincing factor for you, that, and, it, and, it, and it builds interest. And well, yeah, that, and, and the, the, it, bridges, it bridges generations, don't you think? Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. That's what, that's what my parents always said. If you're going to get into a field of interest or you're going to take on something that you see, it doesn't even have to be a career. It can be a college course. It could be professional development online. It has to reside with you, and you have to find that connection from somewhere. And it spans so many different generations. It's not my generation. It's not your generation. It's anybody. Anybody. Well, and then on top of it, so um, I am, I think, a contemporary of River, River Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And when I was watching River Phoenix play Boy Scout Indy in uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, I was also a Boy Scout, right? Thanks. And so that brought things closer to me. You know, what, what were Boy Scouts of that age like? What were they thinking about? Well, mm. you know, I come to find out you're thinking about Indiana Jones at that age. As a Boy Scout, he would have been somebody who would have probably uh, had to fight in World War One. So being a Boy Scout um, or being a Boy Scout from, say, 1910 through 1950, that was really indoctrination, not only into, you know, American thoughts and ideals, but certainly, you know, wearing a uniform 
which yeah. was probably something that most people did at that point in time. Um, you know, the draft I don't think happens for quite a while, but in the story, Indy fights in World War One on, uh, you know, and and is a spy and all these things, and you know, so you you can follow Indiana Jones from essentially his birth, which I think is 1899, yeah, all the way through, and we don't know, you know, how he pass, passes, and you can watch most of 20th century history through his eyes, and it's, um, you know, and, the, and then the flip side of it is the art that is in those four movies really does harken back to, you know, noir in certain respects, Casablanca, and a lot of the propaganda films that happened after that, um, you know, Indy is essentially in Humphrey Bogart's suit when we first see him in, in Temple of Doom. And, you know, I don't think I go and watch Casablanca, for instance, without having um, to go see, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, you know, the, the, the crossover, another crossover is, you know, you recognize Porkins as one of the men who's um, introducing indie to the concept that he might be going to fight and find the, the the lost ark you know porkins out of star wars into raiders there's so much crossover and so much fun to be had just doing that kind of stuff you know it's just it's i i think when you're able to take a movie or a, a series of movies and peel them away like they're an onion and you just never ever get to the core well, that's some good stuff, right? You're you're really in great shape if you're doing that. Yeah, and, and I'm going to be honest with you, John. It's something also that, and I'm I'm speaking as almost a 27 year old. I haven't seen the world at this point. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I've got a lot to go here, but uh, you know, I can say this much is that that peeling of the onion in that layering. I love that analogy. That is powerful because. I'm going to be honest with you. I've seen a lot of films in my young age. But, uh, in, I, I don't know. You may agree with me on this. But I cannot find anything that exists. And there's very few films, I feel, that do exist that have that peeling effect. I really do. And there is something special about Indiana Jones, the relationship with Star Wars, anything that Spielberg, Lucas have put together. I can't find anything like it even to this day. And it's fascinating because I feel like, and I don't know how you feel about this in particular, but I think that there is potential at some point here that the next, in terms of filmmaking, the next generation and some of those that we're seeing that we've been talking about here on chat sessions have the ability to continue to create that onion peel of of possibilities when it comes to filmmaking. I feel like there is a chance for us to move in that direction, and Indiana Jones is a standard for that. I, I, I'd like to say that that's right. I mean, you know, think about James Gunn and how many times in Guardians of the Galaxy is he directly alluding to Star Wars and Raiders. Correct. Um, you know, I, I'm thinking uh, Taika Waititi, you know, and you know, any number of his films seem to echo some of those things. And the nice thing is, is that these filmmakers and a lot of the current epoch of filmmakers, you know, the current set, they're going beyond even what Spielberg and Lucas could do because of, you know, technology and, you know, 
for to a certain extent, you know, the woke culture that people are actually able to represent things more accurately mm-hmm. and more poignantly because more information is known to the people who are putting these films together. You know, that said, I I think it's important also to keep in mind that all of these things are supposed to be fun. Correct. And, you know, the the only the only one of the only directors I think really captures some of that stuff is uh, Tarantino. And I know everyone just mm-hmm. groaned, but really <laughs> if you if you haven't seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, um you you should see it. You know, and there, I'm not saying it's it's the same fun romp that people get when they're watching Raiders of the Lost Ark, but I will say that that layered effect, that fairy tale, that ability to get at the heart of the matter using a pop reference is there. I will say that he does certain things with all of his movies that make my stomach turn, mm-hmm. but I find that just like you know spielberg and lucas uh someone like a a tarantino they you have to have a certain amount of ego to kind of look at events or look at stories and put them in a light that you understand yeah it is art for instance and you know just like um you know spielberg's art modifies itself consistently i would say that you know the same happened with lucas although i think lucas was thinking about how to tell stories apps whereas i think spielberg is thinking about the stories themselves i I, I, you know like so so, like what you mean yeah and so i think there are people who do it it's just not necessarily as on a grandiose scale as those two gentlemen were able to do um that's interesting and i'm you know i'm i'm hoping you know that as we get into more interactive elements of media and, and places like, you know, Galaxy's Edge. I mean, can you imagine what it would be like to have a, a Raiders land um, or an Indy <laughs> land? And, and what kind of, you could, you know, talk about edutainment. Yeah. Right? Well, you know, you literally could have a situation where there was a museum aspect to the park. Yeah. As well as having the themed aspect. And then, you know, hopefully someone, you know, of a, a educational ilk saying, well, this is the real stuff. You know, if you're interested in this, come and try, you know, how about there be an archaeological dig that the kids could actually, you know. So I'm, I'm hoping that as we move forward, that all of these great things that uh, Spielberg and Lucas were able to do are that much more enhanced by the new technologies and the new waves of thinking. And frankly, the, the money that some of these, you know, conglomerates can put into making, you know, really good entertainment. So, yeah. Entertainment. And most importantly, John, and I love that you brought up the idea of an Indiana Jones theme piece, uh, because I, I feel like the one thing, that I've always loved in the way you see it yourself, probably like when you go to the Boston science museum and you just, no matter what age you are, you are walking around that place. You're touching some of the elements that they've gotten out for, for the kids, for adults, 
you're doing different experiments throughout the entire place. If you take that and you capture it at Disney in particular, and you allow for the educational growth of kids on their on their school vacations, even more importantly, but still have that element of pop culture involved in it. Yeah. That's something that would I feel would change the tides and is something but, is a worthy investment in so many I, different ways. Yeah, and I, I do think that you're seeing that. I think the George Lucas Museum in Los yeah. Angeles the, yeah. will have a lot of that. And I think we're we're I, I'm very excited to see that you know the Disney Family Museum up in New San Francisco is is that's interesting. You know, there's but there's uh, there's also I find too that the interactive entertainment, and I'll, and I'll speak specifically to two pieces that are currently at Walt Disney World that are somewhat overlooked because they've been there, sure, or because they're not right in the middle of the park. So the the thing, I, one of the things I find most fascinating is the Indiana Jones stunt spectacular, and the while they while movie making has progressed from the stunts that they're showing in the stunt spectacular they really do give a very good in overview of what it was like to be on a set for raiders of the lost ark right and and the interactive element that i'm talking about is so amazing you you can feel the heat you can see the soldiers um you know in the battle scene you can see the the you know the they're artists, these stunt people able to do these dangerous things and, and put on an entertaining show. Um, I love that. And then the second piece I'll say is I, my, one of my favorite spots in Walt Disney World is Jock Lindsay's hangar bar. Now, Jock mm -hmm. was the pilot who picked up Indy from the river That's right. in Raiders of the Lost Ark. And so one of the things I find most fascinating, and I was lucky enough to be in Jock's with a former Imagineer, and he was pointing to things around the, the bar and stuff. I'm a shocked when as a 45 year old adult male, mm -hmm. I can walk in there, adult, anything, you know, 45 years old. I, I shouldn't be so in awe, but I am, I'm in there and you, you happen to find the, um, you know, the headpiece to the staff of Ra. it's in there. Um, the eye of the peacock is in there, you know, there's posters for the uh, aerial stunt show that's in the Rocketeer. So this one space yeah. actually connects the Rocketeer with wow. Indiana Jones, which I think was what Disney was trying to do in, in the first place, to have right, this Indiana right. Jones-esque character that they could roll out for every few years. Um, yeah. But I'm thrilled when I can lose myself in in my surroundings and not feel foolish and you know to be able to share that that awe with my kids and the only times i feel that is when i'm watching a star wars movie at the theater mm -hmm. uh indiana jones at the theater as i've been able to do or at walt disney world and i i i, I think people would maybe pity me for that because i don't get to do that at that often but I'm I'm thankful for those moments when I can do that, and that I assume that that kind of feeling will be able to be recreated pretty consistently for the rest of my life. And for that, I'm I'm excited, and I'm excited to see what else the Imagineers can you know roll out. You know, 
particularly in regard to Star Wars and Indiana Jones. I just think it's it's so much fun. It is. It's a it, it, it has the potential to be even more of not just escapism into those stories and into our minds and to, to the things that we've learned to grow and love, but more of an escapism into a place where we can be there and, you know, be a kid again. You know, that's really what it's all about is, is really being like, wow, look at what's around me. I've learned to love. I've learned to grow with this stuff. And, it, and, it, and it's my place to be. It's my headspace to be in just even for a little bit of time. And I, I think that resides so well even in the time that we are right now um, when it comes to Star Wars and Indiana Jones in particular, um, John, because it, it's such an important thing to keep reflecting on is that that time will come where we will be able to get back to those kind of things, be able to go to Disney go to the cantina, go to the bar there, see the things that we've learned to grow and love. And I think that you, you send a perfect message there. It's like sometimes we just got to take a step back no matter where we are and remember those times. And, you know, maybe maybe that's watching Indiana Jones from home, popping in Star Wars, doing whatever it is. Put, turn on Disney Plus, you know, watch, watching something over there as well. We all well, I will. I will give a plug on Disney Plus. Yeah, um, go for it. And I, I, I don't have any access. You know, I, I do own five shares of Disney stock. I will <laughs> say that. However, um, I have been shocked by the number of amazing nonfiction programs on the National Geographic side of Disney Plus. I have been watching over and over all of the stuff that I just haven't had time to watch when it was over on Nat Geo. Yeah. And and here I am watching, you know, very, very recent archaeological digs in Egypt and in the Amazon. And I'm just so there's I, I can't remember the name of the program or the person who was on it, but I there's a young man, adventurer slash you know archaeologist, you know, a, a writer, and he's missing a leg. And he's walking through the Amazon on a prosthetic yeah. you know, and doing actual Indiana Jones stuff. Um, it's so inspiring. And by the way, just so shocking that, you know, how much of the world we really don't know, yeah. you know, they're finding, you know, actual civilization spots all up and down, you know, South America, you know, that you wouldn't even realize. Right. Um, there was another program about Easter Island and how the inhabitants of Easter Island um, overpopulated and deforested e Easter Island into their own extinction as a, as a culture. And it's, you know, so the things that I learned um, and I've been able to garner just because of my young man's love of Indiana Jones, you know, moving into my love of Nat Geo now because of those things, mm -hmm. you know, it's the kind of things you can apply to our current search situation, you know, that, the world is much bigger than you actually think that people's ideas are much more important than you might actually think. And by the way, you can learn from what a lot of these people have done in the past. And, you know, so that's, you know, I, I don't like to be too preachy, but well, I will say, you know, make sure that you're not just watching star Wars and Indiana Jones and Mickey yeah. Mouse on Disney plus, cause there's plenty of good stuff on there. That's just not necessarily something you first think to do when you're, you're watching a pop culture channel, you know? That's true. It's absolutely true, John. I mean, there's so many different programs I can relate as well. 
I'm a huge fan of Wicked Tuna, the guys out of Gloucester, Massachusetts that are going out there and catching bluefin tuna. I've become such a big fan. I've even learned that there's a couple boats that come right through the coast here in Portsmouth that are mm -hmm. on the show, and I've become such a big fan of that. That's over there on Disney Plus on Nat Geo. I mean, there's so many different local connections. Like, that show was like, whoa, this is happening in my own backyard, and there's so much history and so much stuff about, you know, protecting the environment, retaining the species of bluefin, how important they are to the ecosystem. There are so many different elements to the world, like you said, that we sometimes forget about throughout our everyday lives, and we have access to it, and we have the ability to just sit down for even just a little while and say, okay, I'm not, it's just my, it's not only my little space. There is a world of information in history and things that are happening outside my door that I have no idea about, but am becoming educated too. And that is some of the most fascinating stuff and some of the most important things. Um, you know, again, not trying to preach, but, but that some of the best things that we can do um, for ourselves is to know that there are no boundaries, that there are things out there happening around us. It's, it's really fascinating to, have that opportunity and kudos to disney plus man i know you got that stuff <laughs> you got those shares but man they are doing some really really cool stuff yeah i mean and you know in terms of having a family who's watching television you know i i i, I hesitate to put all my faith in one corporation but i will say that if if my kids are watching disney plus i'm not too worried right and you know uh there are things that i would pull them aside and you know talk at them about but you know if 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 my kid happens to pick up disney plus and he's watching you know um stuff about the lost world of of egypt you know it, that's just bonus you know yeah. and then uh, being able to you know share a lot of the stuff that i grew up watching is even better so we're we are of an accord for sure yeah that is that is 100 percent true my friend and you guys of course across social media share us your favorite disney plus stuff of course your indiana jones moments send us you know there's plenty of gifs out there when it comes in the indiana jones in particular so make sure to share those out with us of course across social media facebook twitter all those amazing amazing places but anyway we've come to that time in the show of course, wrapping a bow on this thing, sending it off to all of you out there. It's a little thing that we like to call at the podcast, plug time. So, Mr. John Bishop, where can the good people find you and all your work that you do in terms of the great blogging world, which, by the way, love some of your recent stuff across social media? Well, best place to find me these days is I, I'm writing about three times a day for mickeyblog.com. Um, I'm hoping to have... Um, uh, my boss Greg over on, on our podcast soon just to talk about the opening of uh, Disney Springs and, and what he sees as you know the eventualities for Walt Disney World and, and yeah. you know maybe some tips on how to you know best navigate uh, Galaxy's Edge but uh, as far as I'm concerned I'm now inspired to write about Jock Lindsay's hangar bar so sometime this week you'll see um, a piece with photos by me about Jock Lindsay's um, and maybe more of the Indiana Jones experience at both uh, Disneyland, because there's uh, the Disneyland has the Indiana Jones ride, but then the, the two items over at um, Walt Disney World as well. So that's where you can find me, mickeyblog.com. I'm, I'm easy to find on Twitter at JMBishopJR, 
J.M. Bishop Jr. And uh, I don't tweet as much as I used to, but I certainly do keep everybody abreast of what I'm doing. That is a true fact. You guys can follow me over on Twitter at Mr. Vote Tweets. The Brick City Blockade, of course, is over there at Brick City SWPC. Keeping it simple. iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Uh, in particular, uh, Spotify, all those great podcast listening apps. Go over there, give us a rating, give us a like, share us out, subscribe. That is what we love to see. Give us a listen, of course, and of course, over on T Public to support the podcast, over on Patreon to support us financially every month to keep the feed rolling, and of course, our a Galaxy of Joy work with Starlight Children's Foundation has started up for the fall time in particular the late summer early fall and we're looking forward every dollar that you donate over there goes towards kids in hospitals across the country their starlight units the gowns everything they even get disney gowns star wars gowns it's it's really really cool stuff so please make sure to go over there check them out it's on our social media and uh, keep listening keep loving and keep safe during this time that is what matters most so john as always it is great to chat with you my friend and I'm super excited for next week, by the way. I'm not saying anything other than that, but I am pumped. Yeah, we got we got something special cooking. So uh, hopefully everybody um, keeps on listening and uh, we'll, uh, we'll let you know what's coming down the pike soon. Yes. And as we always say, preserve the history, preserve your love of the fandom. And I guess in this case, may the force be with you too. Always. So, uh, time to club.